You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. We are pleased to present to you this guest who you are pretty familiar with, especially if you are a fan of Game of Thrones. We have Nathalie Emanuel, who is starring in the upcoming Screen Gems movie called The Invitation. It's due for release in theaters August 26th, and The Invitation is a contemporary thriller that tells the story of a young woman invited to a lavish destination wedding in England only to realize her presence at the wedding has sinister motivations. In this interview with Nathalie, we talk about the invitation. We also talk about her work in the comedy genre. And yes, we do talk about Game of Thrones and how she is familiar with the hashtag Thrones, y'all. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast with guest Nathalie Emanuel. First and foremost, thank you so much for coming on to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. We're really excited to speak with you. We're huge fans of yours. We've talked about you many, many times uh, through the Game of Thrones fandom. And, you know, speaking of that, you, you have a knack for working in genre TV and film from fantasy shows like Game of Thrones to horror films like The Invitation, which is mm-hmm. due to release soon. Do you purposefully seek out genre projects? Well, I think that I just enjoy lots of different kinds of things. Like I'm, I like to sort of challenge myself to different kinds of projects. And I think part of that is trying to experience all kinds of genres and, um, you know, doing the fantasy thing, doing maybe comedy or doing a horror. Like for me, that is just many different ways of storytelling. And that's just what it, what, I am drawn to is the challenge of trying to do a different kind of storytelling. Um, so I don't know if I like specific, I suppose I do specifically try and do different genres, but it's not necessarily like, Oh, I'm specifically going for this genre at this moment. But sometimes I get something comes in front of me and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really fun. I've not done something like this before. You know, I, I enjoy the kind of variety of, of the projects that I do. We as fans enjoy seeing you in a different variety of projects that you've appeared in. Is there a genre that you haven't done yet that you would like to appear in or explore more? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've done the kind of, I've been doing a lot of the action space and and I've done a bit of comedy now and I'd like to do more of that. And I'd like to do more horror stuff, to be be honest, because it is like, I mean, it's obviously challenging, but it's super fun. And um and and more fantasy because you know I'd love to do more of everything I've already done but also I think just doing stuff that's a bit more kind of just like drama just like kind of straight 
drama would be really fun because I haven't done as much of that as I would have liked to yet. So that that would be really cool. And sci-fi as well. I want to do like more sci-fi. Because <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I did like one sci-fi movie many years ago. And now I'm like, oh, I want to do a proper like sci-fi big world high concept type thing that would be really great uh lucasfilm if you're listening we'd love to have <laughs> you in the star wars universe please <laughs> um <laughs> yes please <laughs> so speaking of horror your latest film coming out this month the invitation is inspired by bram stoker's dracula first of all mm. i i love how we see you running in an evening gown throughout this film <laughs> i mean that gown was fantastic it was fabulous it was also very corseted so not that practical but there is something about you know like running in a ball gown you you can't help but feel like I don't know in like a meatloaf video or something I don't know it was amazing (laughs) there's just something poetic about that too with you know period piece yeah even though this is a contemporary story um, yes. that takes place in that lore of Dracula. So how challenging is it to do action scenes in fancy evening wear? <laughs> how challenging was those moments? I mean, it's, it's, it's not ideal, but also, you know, we were able to, it wasn't too bad. Like we were able to kind of, you know, make some, uh like provisions so that I wasn't doing too much but I think I mean there is a very funny um there was one take when I was running and I literally just fell over the skirts because I was running so fast and I tripped over the skirts and if there's ever a blooper reel I've told the director that she's allowed to put that in there because it was excellent (laughs) I literally (laughs) flays planted into grass and twigs and soil so you know it it definitely has its uh it has its challenges but I wouldn't have changed a thing it was fantastic <laughs> yeah, it, it looked really good too it, it was Thank great you. so your character in the invitation what I really loved is that uh she appears to be a completely different person from the first time we see her on screen till the very end of the film would you say the circumstances around Evie shape the change in her or the circumstances that she went through unearthed who she really was? I think that it's one of those stories of like the the sort of courage and bravery that was always within her. Like, I don't think she realized how brave and courageous she was just being by trying to live the life that she had. But it was when she kind of went through what she's, what she goes through in this film, which is like, you know, ex- sort of br- extreme sort of brutality, really, in a way, like an exploitation. She's um, her courage and bravery, like, really has to come out. It's, it's like her survival instincts kick in, and all, that's been there the whole time. And and I think like she kind of came into herself as opposed to like she just became her true self it was just she became this other person it was just like she probably was unaware of how how um kind of courageous and brave she is um and I think it's all well and good when people will tell you tell you all the time 
oh yeah you're this you're great you're this you're so smart you're so um you know intelligent you're so talented but until you really believe it or you're forced to believe it like you know and so that's I feel like that's what happened the situation kind of made her have to really tap into that that part of herself and um yeah and she makes some very big choices yeah (laughs) to survive (laughs) you don't quite know who you are until you're put in a situation where you're in that fight or flight mode and you exactly builds your character yeah exactly you see that a lot in her so of course I have to ask the question about you know the very popular character that we all know you from Miss Sandy from Game of Thrones many of us black girl nerds she was such a character that was near and dear to our hearts and we will forever love and remember her in Game of Thrones I wanted to know what are your thoughts about House of the Dragon and do you plan on seeing it yourself Oh yeah, I'm actually really excited about it. I mean, I was a fan of Game of Thrones before I joined the show. And one of the things that I kind of lost when I joined the show, obviously I gained so much, but when I joined the show, I kind of lost the like mystery because I got to read all the scripts and like, so I kind of knew what was going to happen, even though everything that they did um, always kind of blew my mind and it was always much bigger and much more spectacular than my my brain could necessarily fathom <laughs> or preconceive it but you know I I was a fan to like what I was, was excited to watch the show every um every Sunday and or well at first in England we used to get it on a Monday night so I always was very kind of excited to watch and find out what happened next and so I kind of feel like excited to see this world that we also invested in expand and get to have that sort of viewing experience that I had before so yeah I am really excited about that um show did you and 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 Jacob Anderson um did you guys at all realize or think that the Game of Thrones fandom would have such an impact on fans of color, black fans in particularly, because it's, you know, Game of Thrones, obviously very, very white universe, but, yeah. and, and you guys sort of held, um, you guys kind of were representative of many of us fans of color, but then yeah. there was this huge, huge fandom and especially on social media with different hashtags. Did you guys I ever mean, think that you know, that there would be this huge fandom around the this medieval series? Uh, I mean, I, I, I wasn't surprised at all, to be honest, because I feel like, you know, um, I knew I know lots of people who um, like lots of black people who are really into fantasy and into these these genre pieces. So I wasn't surprised but I was also just like you know the culture around um Game of Thrones part of it was driven by you know Black Twitter was like my favorite thing during Mm. Game of Thrones episodes like I literally would watch an episode or be on Twitter watching Dem Thrones and Thrones y'all like just (laughs) because it was incredible it was my favorite interact like my favorite interactions were on Twitter with those hashtags and and it and so I I don't know if it necessarily surprised me but I feel like 
black people have always driven culture and always pushed culture forward. So this was a hugely um, uh, cultural moment in the sort of me like in TV and like TV space. And so it's no surprise to me that black people were very much a part of <laughs> pushing that forward as well. <laughs> so I just was like here for all of it. And I, I had a whole conversation recently about how someone needs to like write a thesis or something about just those two hashtags alone. <laughs> it was so epic and one of my part of my viewing experience of the show happened through those hashtags because and through those conversations on Twitter it was it added to my viewing experience and it became a community in itself you know which I was I just thoroughly enjoyed and engaged with so I just want to say my heart just flipped when you acknowledged the Thrones Y'all hashtag because that's the hashtag <laughs> that we created here, Black Girl Nerds. So the fact that you were following that is absolutely amazing. So of course, very of course. cool. And and it's important to say that I felt the um felt that community fully behind me and in, and pushing me forward and help holding me up. So it's important for me to like acknowledge it because you know I I was positively impacted by the black fans of Game of Thrones and um, I felt that love and I felt that support and I felt that cheer those people cheer cheering me on so you know yeah that's beautiful that's amazing what's also amazing is listening to your voice I (laughs) I listened to a bedtime story the cloud mountain on the calm app and you tell the best bedtime stories so how did you get involved with calm yeah how did that happen and you need to do more voiceovers by the way hey well thank you so much um well (laughs) do you know what I am just a fan of the calm app I'm literally I'm not in any way like paid to promote them (laughs) at all but I genuinely like used it as when I listen to sleep stories um, to help me go to sleep, mostly when I'm in like new places or I'm in a hotel room somewhere and I'm like, I can't sleep in this weird new bed and it, sheets feel new and I don't like this. So I always put on a sleep story. And, um, and so it just so happened that obviously but they've actively been going out to different um, talents within many different like industries like sports people actors singers you know and asking them to do um sleep stories so when this kind of request came in I was so excited to do it because I was like I use sleep stories I am a fan so it just I don't know how it came about but it just kind of appeared one day in my inbox from one of my agents and said hey how do you feel about doing a sleep story and I just replied immediately immediately like yes please I'll do it because <laughs> I just um I've really benefited from that from that that app and the sleep story specifically so I was really excited to do that and um I mean I would happily do more voiceovers I've been told many times mostly by Americans to be fair how um they would love me to read them bedtime stories and then now I can go hey I actually have <laughs> this one story on uh the car map if you want that, that needs to be a thing you need to do that more often because that was like the most relaxing sleep that I ever had I, I literally oh, fell okay. asleep to your your cloud oh, mountain story good. that's what I want <laughs> 
So um, you have a huge film coming out directed by the legendary Francis Ford Coppola called Megalopolis. And yes. we, we know a sliver about the story behind the film, but we don't know much about your character. So can you tell us about your role in the film and what was your experience like working with uh, Mr. Coppola? Well, I actually haven't shot that film yet. We actually um, oh. are shooting it towards the end of this year. So it's very much kind of still, you know, like we're sort of building up to get going really. And um, yeah, it's in, it's really exciting. Um, I'm so nervous of like speaking on it too much and revealing something. Um, but I, I'm not entirely sure what they've said about, about her, um, my character online. Um, or, or in the press release or anything, but um, I, I, I just know that I'm really excited to play this woman. She's a very kind of like, um, I guess she's got, a, she's kind of sassy. She's got a, a confidence and a, she's very front footed and she kind of knows who she is and knows what she wants. And um, I really, I'm excited to sort of step into that spec and into that with her. And um, it's it's almost like this movie is very, it feels like an opera in a way. It's it's really kind of big, and like deep, deeply philosophical ideas, which I'm just really excited about. Um, you know, asking really big questions, and it will be a conversation starter. That's for sure. And and that, I'm sort of nervous to say anything about the plot or anything because I don't want to like say something that I'm not supposed to but um yeah I I mean for me to work with um Francis for Copa will be just so incredible and he's one of the greatest to ever do it um you know one of the best directors of the generation I'm just like so so excited to get involved and the, and the cast already that has been announced is so so special and uh, spectacular that I'm yeah, I, I literally am buzzing. I cannot wait. <laughs> we can't wait for you. That, that cast, by the way, that's a stunning cast. That is a uh, top tier. <laughs> top tier, top tier. And I'm just so, so excited to be amongst them and just hopefully can just learn and just soak it all up and yeah, just not just take, just enjoy every moment. So. Well, good. Well, we look forward to learning more about Megalopolis when that develops. Um, yeah, you know, switching from drama because that's more of a drama, but you've also done, and we talked about this before with genres, and you've explored many from fantasy and horror, and you've also done comedy. And they say yeah. comedy is hard, but clearly it is. I don't think that's the case for you because you earned an Emmy nomination for Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you say that is true, or does it depend on the type of material that you have to work with? Well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, writing for any genre, any project is always key. And the writing on Die Hard was just so excellent and so brilliant. And it's really important to, you know, just like say that. But at the end of the day, like Kevin Hart <laughs> is <laughs> so funny and the comedy just genius and timing and everything you know he is so so brilliant and he really brings a lot of that to life and I think what's the challenging part for me is that often when you're opposite somebody like Kevin who is so so funny part of my job is to be the kind of straight person who doesn't who isn't particularly outwardly funny you know they're the one that the funny person kind of throws the jokes at and it either like lands or it doesn't you know 
I mean, I, I think I spend a lot of time trying to not laugh at Kevin. And that was like the hardest part of my job because he's so, so funny. And especially if my character in the moment is supposed to be annoyed or irritated or just like completely indifferent to him. It's very, very hard to play when inside you're just desperately trying to not laugh at this very, very funny man. And I think that is like for me the biggest challenge of, 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 um, of my comedy experiences but it's also about timing isn't it it's also about giving any kind of joke or comedic moment just like space to to be and just knowing when the moment's over and I think I learned a lot actually working alongside Kevin working alongside John who you know they're just such experienced um actors and and um I just kind of learned so much from them but also like I said it was very much in the writing where um just I was I remember when I read the script I was laughing out loud reading it and and for me I was like it's on the page like it's there I don't you know that's so that's so um I think instrumental to the success of that show is that the writing was so 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 strong just from the beginning um and the fact that it earned us all like any nominations was just so insane I was like what this is crazy I'm so excited I was like couldn't believe it when the producer phoned me I thought she was joking <laughs> I was like yeah yeah okay and she went no no Natalie <laughs> you got you got nominated for an Emmy I just I was like what so it was lovely and just a joy joyous joyful uh experience and um but yeah, I, I, I definitely had so much fun and I'd love to do more comedy. I need to get better at not laughing though um, <laughs> or breaking when I'm working against incredibly funny actors. So. <laughs> I imagine that's, that's very difficult to do though with Kevin Hart at the helm of it. Just Yeah, yeah, very, very, very difficult. But you know, that's my challenge, you know, that's my, that's my thing I've got to work on. <laughs> And out of all the Quibi shows, that was my favorite was Die Hard. That was just, it, and I love the fact that the the, the short form series, it, it combined humor with action. That was a nice hybrid of genres with that one. So you guys, you guys did a great job with that. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. It was, it was amazing. I, I definitely, that was a kind of pinch myself um, job. I remember just like showing up on my first day and doing a read through and I was like, hello Kevin Hart and John Travolta two people that I have you know it was like and then Josh Hartnett just randomly shows up okay like my kind of teenage heartthrob Josh Hartnett just walks in I was like what is going on is this my life this is crazy um and but I was so happy and like they were all just so wonderful and you know just brilliant um just brilliant people and we had so much fun together and I think the chemistry of the group as well is another reason why it just really worked as well. It was, yeah, everyone just kind of clicked and it was it just went really smoothly. Awesome. Well, listen, Natalie, I, I really could talk to you all day long. I really truly can. Um, but I know that you are a busy woman. You are a bright and shining star out there and you're killing it right now out in Hollywood. So we all look forward to following your career and just thank you for taking the time to talk to Black Girl Nerds. It's an honor and a pleasure. And I'm so happy that you acknowledge the hashtag. I'm just like fangirling Listen, over that right now. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I hope this hashtag's coming back. 
for the prequel because I'm going to be in his comments. Are you? <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're doing it. We're 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 creating a hashtag for House of the Dragon. So we're. I'm we're let, let me know. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be in these comments. I cannot <laughs> wait. Honestly, it was it, it. Like I said, it was so important for me to acknowledge because it was a huge part of my viewing experience, and and um, feeling you know the black fans of the show like really sort of supporting and rallying behind me so it was obviously I have I I'm so happy to um to be on your podcast and knowing that you guys were behind that hashtag and obviously just like your your podcast in general and if there's ever you know I would love to come back and chat to you again in the future so yeah it would be my pleasure you always have a home here so absolutely Thank you so much and all the best to you and you take care. Thank you. You too. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. 